Hey everybody, welcome to the Sports Observer Podcast. I'm Ross. Welcome to podcast number 81. We're coming back at you since the summer. We promised you we would come back to you with the podcast in September. And it's the uh, beginning <laughs> It's the beginning of November. So I completely lied to you. Uh, once again, not holding up my end of the bargain at all. But you know what? Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. It is what it is. There, I said it again. It is what it is. Yeah, you know what? It's I, I can't even tell you how ridiculous it is that I can't bring you a podcast. You should, When you have a podcast, you should be able to bring the people that listen a podcast at least once a week. I think that's the most consistent thing you can do is once a week. Um, the be- Obviously, the best podcasts in the world are once a day, five days a week. Um, some of the better ones are two to three times a week. And and then you have ones like mine who are just uh, completely ridiculous. And, you know, they come to you once every two months, three months, four months. You just don't know. You can't get in any consistency with it. And listen, I'm listening to all the people out there. And, and it's not the usual suspects. It's not the ones that know that listen to this show. Uh, I get random mentions on Twitter. Like, how can you have a podcast? You, you only release one every uh, twice a year, three times a year. Well, hey, how many times does Letterman release a special? Come on, man. It's maybe two, three times a year. Look, I'm putting myself on the same page as David Letterman, for God's sakes. Uh, Not even close. I wish I had his money, though. If I had his money, I wouldn't even be doing anything. Ever. I I wouldn't even bring you guys one special a year, two specials a year. But yeah, I understand. I get it. I'm not stupid. I get the fact that you have to be way more consistent if you want your podcast to do anything or be anything. And, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of the people that listen, they really do enjoy the podcast and they genuinely just want you to do more because they want to hear from you. They want to know what you're, what you're thinking, what's going on. Listen, lots of cool shit's happened in the last two, three months. Uh, lots of not cool shit has happened in the last two to three months and it would be great Uh, to tell you all those stories, but when that much time passes, you don't really remember all these stories. Uh, I come up with so many great little stories in my head as I'm sitting there watching uh, a show or a a hockey game or whatever it might be, Um, just watching TV in general or just working. I come up with these great little stories for the podcast, and I think to myself, that would be a great story for the podcast, but I'm not going to be doing a podcast anytime soon, and I'm going to completely forget about it. And what I should be doing is writing notes in my phone or something like that. So when I do come out with a podcast six weeks later, or four weeks later, or whatever the case may be, um, I can bring you that great story um, or, or tell it to you at least. Because a lot of a lot of gold goes through this brain, people. A lot of gold, and you don't get to hear it or see it because uh, I just don't do this enough. But it's it's been tough. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, the injury. The last podcast we were talking about uh, the Sports Observer Ross's uh, uh, knee injury and what happened. Well, I'm going to tell you what's, uh, what's happening with that, uh, if it's getting better, if it's not getting better, what the deal uh, might be. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Um, But it hasn't, you know, I want to tell you it's been super busy and I've been super busy with work. May, June, July, work was busy. I was working on one leg. Um, Things were hectic here in the house. There was really honestly no time to do a podcast. Plus the kids were at home. 
they were at home all spring. They were at home all summer uh, due to COVID and summer vacation. So it's very difficult to do a podcast with the kids in the house. Not impossible, but it's it's not the best. It's not ideal. Uh, hey, it's Monday morning, uh, 8.30 in the morning here in the peg. And uh, everybody's out of the house, so it's a perfect time to do a podcast. Uh, in other situations, as things kind of slowed down for me in August... Uh, I believe that's when I did a podcast for you, just kind of saying, hey, how's it going? I'm still here, still thinking about you guys, uh, yada, yada. And, you know, I had time to do that. But even as August rolled on and September rolled on, I figured things would slow down and things would be easier. Uh, it wasn't as busy as uh, normally it would be for me because of my uh, my injury. Uh, I just can't do as much as I was doing in the past. Uh, not comfortable doing as many things as I was doing in the past because at any time uh, the knee can go and then you're kind of you know you're 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 booked to do all these things and you can't do them I hate to let people down so I kind of really stopped looking for work uh, in June and July and it was just random things people would call to do these random things and every time I planned on doing a podcast honestly in September and October uh, something would come up or I just, you know, wasn't feeling up to it. It's really difficult because when somebody like myself says I have nothing to say, I haven't even gotten, we're six minutes into the podcast and I haven't even gotten to any of the topics we're going to talk about or, or anything like that. And um, I'm just blabbing away. So I always have something to say, but I have a lot of hesitancy going into every podcast thinking, I have nothing to say. What am I going to say to these people? What are we going to talk about? Is it interesting? Am I not interesting? It's kind of tough. I think that's the toughest thing about podcasts is, are you interesting? Do you have enough to talk about? And I mean, really, in all honesty, all I want to do is do one a month. And I'm finding it even difficult to to get the uh, the, the will to want to do one a month. I have no excuses now. The work's pretty much dried up. Um, there there will be nothing to do here for quite a while. I'll get into that in a little bit again. Um, I do have some smaller jobs to do that unfortunately are just going to kind of pull into this uh, situation we'll talk about. But um, for the most part, I I'm going to really be doing nothing until uh, really a good way into the new year, probably uh, early February to end of February. Um, it's just going to be me with my thoughts. So there's no reason why I can't bring a podcast to you at least, uh, even on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, but even when things are busy, you should be able to get to people within a month. But, uh, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hesitancy with me and, and anxiety, uh, coming on this mic and talking and, and trying to come up with something interesting. Uh, everybody's always looked out to me, uh, to be kind of the, the, the crazy person and the wild person and tell these fucked up stories and, and, you know, be the funny guy. And it's, it's hard to be on all the time. Uh, it really is, but we'll try our best. So this podcast, we're going to talk about Halloween. Halloween was yesterday. Um, I got somewhat of a good story about the shooter. Uh, it's a bad story for me and it's a bad story for him, but maybe it's a good story for you. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about the Jets season so far, what's happening with them. Um, is it possible they're better without their captain? It, it might be. Uh, we're going to talk about the knee injury. We're also going to talk uh, Twitter trends. We're going to do Twitter trends. We probably haven't done, we haven't done Twitter trends for over a year. 
I want to say. So we'll hit up some Twitter trends. We'll see if there's anything interesting on Twitter. You know the rule. Uh, we go through all the Twitter trends and then we pick out one that confuses us that we, we, you know, we just, we're not too sure about it. Maybe it's about what we think it's about. Maybe it's not. Who knows? And also, I promised on Twitter that I would tell uh, a Nickelback story. Uh, Cousin Brad said he was looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I hope it's interesting. It might be interesting. I might have created the, I might have, I might have, I didn't create the band Nickelback, but I might have put them into uh, stardom. <laughs> yes, Ross the Sports Observer might have been your worst nightmare in making Nickelback what they were and what they are today. Well, what they are today is nothing anymore, but uh, they were probably one of the hottest rock bands for a good span, probably about 10 years. Uh, I want to say... I don't know what years these are, but between my ages of 25 to 35, Nickelback was probably, nah, not 25, well, yeah, maybe around 25, 26 to 36, 37 uh, of my age, whatever years that is. Nickelback was probably the hottest band in the world. Uh, I believe there was a stat once, um, again, in that decade, uh, I believe between 2000 and 2010, Nickelback uh, had sold the most albums and had the most downloads of any band in the world in the world like i'm talking the beyonce's i'm talking about whatever band you want to think of they had the most they were the biggest band by a lot and i believe behind them was you too so this this was a legit fucking thing this wasn't just looking for some sort of little analytic like a best most selling band from Canada or most selling band from, uh, you know, this side of the, uh, parallel, uh, the 49th parallel or something. It wasn't some strange, ridiculous stat. We see when we watch, um, when we watch jets games on TSM, we see the stupid stats they try to come up with to make the jets look like they're a good team. Uh, most amount of goals, uh, after the five minute mark of the third period, it's the Jets, you know, like stupid stats like that. Like since um, October 30th at eight o'clock Eastern, uh, Kyle Connor has the most goals in the NHL with two. Like, you know, people try to come up with ridiculous stats to make something look good, right? Something look positive. This wasn't one of them. This was like a legit thing. So we'll, we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about my Nickelback story. And we'll do Twitter trends last. So let's get into Halloween. Let's get down with the podcast. I don't know. Do I have something here? That's a pen. I don't have any more music and sound effects and shit. I, I gotta try to. I gotta try harder on this podcast, you guys. I, I know. I know. I'm. I know I'm screwing you guys over for the free cost download of this podcast. All it costs you is a little bit of money for electricity. But here we go. Here we go. Halloween. Halloween. Well, let's see how it started. It started off like any other day when you have three children. Listen, if you have one child, I understand you think life is hectic. When you have two, I would tell you that's pretty equal to having three. But when you have three kids, it's a complete shit show. I'm telling you, every single morning you wake up, it's a nightmare. It's like you just, you want to wake up and you want to be 16 years old again, uh, waking up in your old bedroom in your house, and you're just going to sit there and jerk off all day. 
I mean, that's pretty much what you, you, you beg. You beg for those days when you wake up because you get no rest. Uh, we're at the point, myself and Red Heat, we're at the point where we go to bed at night when, you know, Sophia goes to bed. I mean, she's going to bed at the same time as us now. So we have literally no time. And then when we wake up in the morning, you have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning to beat out the uh, the littlest shooter, Lane. I mean, this kid's up at 5.30, 6 o'clock sharp. He's up like a rocket. And when you hear that door open, it doesn't just open. It opens with, like, veracity. Like, he opens and he's, like, shot out of a cannon. He's just out and he's ready to go. So there's there's no rest. It's it's constant. You're going, going, going. And that could be another reason why this podcast uh, doesn't get done on a regular basis. He is a handful. And then the other two are what they are. Uh, but Halloween started off like any other day, pretty hectic, making breakfast, making this, making that. I think I was sitting down in a chair. I'm watching the Sassuolo soccer game. Uh, watching Sassuolo, it's Sassuolo, but I call them Sassuolo. So I'm watching Sassuolo play, you know, and, and we can hear downstairs the shooter, uh, Lucas. Yeah, he's kind of he's yelling and what the fuck. You know, Red Heat bought him this headset. So you attach the headset into the remote control and you can talk to each other. So this isn't a new thing, but for him it's a new thing and he wanted it. And, of course, Red Heat gets this kid whatever he wants. Uh, She claims it's an early birthday present. She bought it for him, like, in the middle of September, end of September. And uh, his birthday is not till December 20th. So that's, like, really early. You know, December 10th, 18th, 15th, uh, even the 4th, 1st of December, that's an early birthday present. This is like you just bought him this. It's not an early birthday present at that point anymore. So... And like, yeah, we'll see when his birthday comes. If he's not looking for another present, we'll see what happens. But anyway, he's talking to his friends. So you can hear him bitching. And we're just thinking this kid's acting retarded, right? Like he's just being, he's being a kid, right? Like, you know, shooter kind of acts stupid sometimes, right? So we're just thinking he's acting stupid. All of a sudden we hear this like, boom, just whack. Like, oh, son of a and of course i got this knee issue so i can't go running down the stairs but red heat goes down the stairs and i hear her just screaming so right away i'm like the first time i heard that whack i thought okay well he threw the remote on the ground and his little xbox remote or whatever is probably smashed or broken it's not the end of the world it's like 50 bucks but he'll pay for that because christmas is coming up his birthday's coming up he's gonna have to pay for it no he threw that remote right through the tv he threw that remote smack dab right through the TV. Boom, busted. So when I heard Red Heat yelling a little more vigorously than usual, I was like, this little fucking asshole, he, this, this asshole threw the remote right through the TV, right? So I limp my way downstairs. I see the TV is just, it, it looks like a schoolgirl skirt. It's just got lines going all through it, right? It looks like, you know, it looks like a pretty sweet little Carmen Electra schoolgirl skirt going on. I fucking lost it. I just was like, you little shit, you, you son of a bitch. I'm like, we just bought that TV. 
He, we bought a nice curved TV in our old Stony house. We brought it to this house. The curved TV in Stony lasted about two years. We brought it down here within three months. He, he, he hit a ball against it and it broke the TV. This TV's now been down here for maybe a year. Just, I think I bought it last year right around Christmas. So just under a year, this TV has been down here and he threw a remote through this TV. And according to my sister, he broke a TV at her house too with, with a ball. So this guy in TVs is like a fucking nightmare. He's breaking every TV we got. So basically at the end of the day, he couldn't go out for Halloween. So he, he was devastated all day. Plus Xbox, he switches. They're gone till the new year. We'll figure it out in the new year. And he's going to have to buy a new TV. Now, TVs aren't, believe me, uh, if I would have broken my parents' big screen TV back in the day, uh, that was like that was like $2,000, like back in the 80s. You know, the TV we have upstairs, it's like a $4,500 TV. Uh, we bought it at Direct Buy for like $2,400, but regular price, it was like $3,800, $4,200, something like that. This wasn't one of those. This was one of those three, four hundred dollar big screen TVs, but they're kind of cheap. They're you know they're not expensive. TVs aren't ex as expensive as they used to be. So now when a kid goes and throws a remote through it, it's not you know it, it, it really isn't the end of the world. But for me, especially right now with work kind of slowing down and not working anymore, doing anything anymore, you know, kind of like fuck, like what I got to go buy a new TV. So anyway, he's gonna buy the new TV. He's got his birthday coming up, Christmas coming up. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be saving the money and however much a new TV costs until he comes up with that money, he's not getting any more TVs. There's going to be no TV down here and he's going to be stuck watching soccer and watching shit shows in Italian that we watch upstairs and he's going to have to sit there and deal with it. He's not going to have any more electronics and that's just the way it's going to be. So it was a really rough Halloween for him. But I took the shoe, I took, and he was supposed to go with his aunt, my sister. He was supposed to go uh, for an afternoon of, at their house, you know, of just playing video games and having fun. And then we were going to go there and trick or treat in, in their area. He lost all of it just because he was getting mad over a game. So, yeah, look forward to that. If you have young kids, look forward to it because it will happen. It doesn't matter how good you think your kids are. They're going to eventually screw up. Believe me. They will. Every kid does. So me and the uh, youngest shooter, the baby shooter, Lane, we went uh, We went to my sister's at about 6 o'clock. We trick-or-treated for a little bit. He was awesome. He was awesome. He, he, was, uh, he says, since everybody calls me a girl, I'm dressed up as a girl today. He has the long hair. Everybody thinks he's a girl, so we dressed him up as a girl. <laughs> he's got the most beautiful, luscious blonde hair you've ever seen in your life. It's absolutely wonderful. It, it goes past halfway down his back. It's absolutely amazing hair. He's got he's got the head of, he's got the a head of hair like a, a supermodel. It's unbelievable. This guy. Uh, so everybody thinks he's a girl. Every, everybody goes, "How's your daughter?" It's like, no, it's it's a boy. He's a boy. Believe me. And he goes, "I'm a boy. I have a doodle." He tells people he has a doodle. Don't stop calling me a girl. So we decided to dress him up as a girl for Halloween. He went out. He was a gorgeous little girl, little princess amazing amazing he walked around he did really good got lots of candy and of course uh lucas was uh pillaging his his uh his candy this morning he's a real gem he's a real mensch unbelievable so halloween done 
So let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets quickly here. Um, it's really early in the season, right? I, I'm lucky. I was going to come on to this. I was going to do this podcast and do kind of like, a, you know, teams that I think were going to do really good and teams that I think uh, weren't, haven't been very good in the past, but, you know, would do better. I was going to tell you the Chicago Blackhawks were going to do better this year. I thought the Chicago Blackhawks might make the playoffs. Um, that lose. Oh, there's the phone. Let's see who this is. Let's see who this is. Let's answer the phone live on the podcast. Let's see. It's it's usually nothing. It's usually nothing. Hello. See, nobody answers. Nobody answers. It's just random phone calls that phone you and nobody answers. Okay, we hang that up. See? I bet you this phone will ring again in five minutes. Same number. Fucking dirtbags. Anyway, speaking of dirtbags, Jonathan Taves. Uh, speaking of Jonathan Taves, the biggest dirtbag and the, uh, the biggest loser captain in all the league. Uh, he's supposed to be this big hero captain, leader, youngest leader, leaders of leader. Uh, one of the top 100 players of all time in the NHL three, four years ago. He's got his name on a community center after only being in the NHL for three, four years because he won a cup and won a couple cups. What a great leader. Yeah, we're not going to get too much into the story. We've heard too much about that sexual abuse uh, case in Chicago that all the staff ignored or thought they had ignored. They thought somebody else was dealing with it. You know, great, great leaders like Jonathan Taves claiming he had no idea when everybody else says, yeah, we all knew. Uh, this poor kid was being called uh, gay and a fag and, home, you know, homosexual names uh, in the dressing room and on the ice. And, uh, yeah, the captain of your team had no idea what was going on. Please, go fuck yourself fuck that's you. all i'm gonna say but anyway i'm going back to a few months ago before any of this was uh, uh released in these documents we still know jonathan taves is a dick please we still know he's a dick we know he's uh back in the day he was bringing his buddies to vegas drugs alcohol hookers all the deal we know this guy's been a dick his whole life it is you know you can hide you can only hide for so long eventually something like this happens uh but i was gonna say you know what with this taves back and with uh, the young core getting uh better and better chicago has kind of sucked over the years uh, but they are getting better with younger players i thought they would actually make a bit of a push this year boy was i wrong I'm glad I did not come out and say that, even though I'm saying it now. I thought they would be a better team, and I would have had Buffalo as a terrible team, and they've come out pretty strong in October so far. So good for them. Good for them. But anyway, we're talking about the Jets. And by the way, let me mention, if you're a community center or a town and you have an athlete, it doesn't matter what athlete it is. It could be a hockey player. It could be a football player. It could be a skier. It could be an Olympian, whatever it is. You do not put their names on buildings. You do not say, uh, Brandon, home of uh, Carla Struthers, when she's only 18 years old. Or when he is a hockey player and he's only 22 years old, 23 years old. Even Connor McDavid, you know, the best hockey player in the world right now. He's definitely going to finish as one of the top five 
uh, best players when it comes to probably points all time when, by the time he's done, if he stays healthy. Um, even at his age, knowing how great he is, you don't put his name on buildings. You don't do it. You never know what these athletes are going to do until they are retired and like well into their 60s, 70s. You do not put their names on buildings and shit. Can you imagine this? There's this community center here in Winnipeg in a in a shitty area of Winnipeg called Saint Fatel. It's it's really it's it's really it's like the Sicily of of Winnipeg. It's you know it's Saint Fatel shit. Okay, let's, we're just gonna admit that right now. Saint Fatel is 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 just it's a real garbage area. So anyway, there's this community center called Dakota Community Center, and they put his name on the community center when he was like 22, 23 years old. And it's like, fuck, he's got another at least 10 to 13 years of an NHL career to screw up, and he's got the rest of his life after his NHL career to screw up. Like, we're talking mid to late 30s through 40s through 50s like nobody in their 40s and 50s has partied and 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 been in trouble before you just don't do that that's the biggest mistake you can ever make you never put a a child's name on a building that's not dead You, you don't do it you just don't do it it's ridiculous but Jonathan Toes, he was like the can't miss. He's a can't miss guy. He's a stand-up guy. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society. Well, we've seen now he's not a stand-up guy. He's a real fucking asshole. Douche. He's a prick. I hope he gets booed everywhere he goes, and I hope players around the league take cheap shots at him and uh, maybe even a cross-check to the face now and then. That'd be nice. So anyway, let's talk about the Jets. Yeah, I had to rip on Jonathan Taves. a real piece of shit. So... The Jets, I think they've started out okay. Um, I would have told you if we did this podcast before the season. Um, I'm not big on tr- predictions. I don't like predicting. There's these people that predict the, the number. Like, Jets are going to finish 12th in the Western Conference with 89 points. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you an idiot? Like, nobody can predict that. It's so stupid. I think the most you should ever go is, are they going to finish in the playoffs? Are they going to finish out of the playoffs? I would have told you at the beginning of the year, I think the Jets are a playoff team. I think they're a lower-seeded playoff team. By no means are they going to have home ice advantage. And I think that's pretty much what we've seen so far out of them. I'm going to take a drink. That Jonathan Tave stuff just got me so angered. Anyway, um, yeah, listen... The Jets have been pretty much what we thought they would be. Um, I think they're going to be a team that loses a few games, then wins a few more games. Uh, we're going to see the odd shootout loss here and there. We're going to see the odd overtime win here and there. We're going to see the odd overtime loss and the odd shootout loss. I, I think they're going to be pretty much straight down the middle even all year long. I think they're wins and lo- I think they're going to have more wins than losses at the end of the year, but not by much. Not by much. Maybe four games, three games. I think you're going to see their overtime record really split down the middle. I think they're really, uh, 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 I think they are a, a split right down the middle uh, kind of team. 
I'm not going to tell you how many points they're going to finish with, but I mean, you can divide it by two and figure that out. Uh, but I think that's where they're going to be. I think at the end of the year, they're going to be on the plus side of even, um, maybe by six points, eight points. So that means, you know, four wins better than losses. But it's just going to be the way it is. I don't think they're going to rip off any huge losing streaks. I don't think they're going to rip off any huge winning streaks. This is just a real average team. Um, they're going to definitely finish, I think, within within 6th, 7th, 8th, right around there. Um, like I said, there's going to be no home ice advantage in the playoffs. Um, and it'll probably be a quick exit out of the playoffs again. It'll probably be 4-1, to 4 to nothing. Uh, I don't know who they're going to play, but they're obviously going to play one of the top three teams in their conference. You know, again, they're just, they're really an average team. Their defense looks a lot better. I really like this Dylan, uh, Dylan kid on, on defense. He's not a kid. He's a veteran, but, uh, uh, anything to my age is a kid at this point. Uh, but he hits hard. He plays hard. Uh, he's not afraid to uh, get into a, a fight now and then. Uh, but his hitting, that's that's the, that's the best thing. Since um, since guys like Mark Stewart and Dustin Bufflin, and I would say Ben Sherrod as well, um, not really a, a threat. And nobody's been a threat on defense to really plow guys. Uh, when Jacob Trubo was here, another asshole, uh, when Jacob Trubo was here, he was kind of a threat to knock your head off if you came through the middle. But not really. He was kind of a guy that did it two three times a year and it would be like you know he'd get stuck with this uh he would get stuck with this moniker of uh yeah he's a hard-hitting guy through the neutral zone or when when you cross the blue line you're gonna feel him no he never was he just had a couple big hits a year and he kind of was put into that category but i never thought he was but guys like dustin bufflin ben Sherratt, uh mark stewart in the very early days of uh when the jets moved here from atlanta those were guys that made you f- they made you feel them all the time uh they were really tough characters um and this dylan is the only one i can kind of see that is uh is uh, like a spin-off of those guys so it's nice to see that the gm has finally um decided to pick up a defenseman because uh, he sure as hell hasn't drafted any defensemen that play like that um, but it's nice that they finally realize they need somebody back there that's going to make you uh, really kind of open your eyes and not cut through the, the middle or, or enter your zone. Um, they just enter the zone with so much speed and so much uh, carelessness because they know the defense isn't going to do anything. Uh, you know, Nathan Beaulieu is a, a bit of a tough customer, but I, he's just not good enough to catch you in the trolley tracks, right? He's just not quick enough. Uh, to knock your head off uh, coming through the middle he's not tough enough to spot you in zones and he's not I don't think he's smart enough uh, to kind of get those really clean checks off of you Uh, we saw that game in San Jose where a a guy was kind of uh, kind of he was swinging off the boards getting a puck off the boards he kind of missed it and Dylan just bang he let him have it and of course a fight broke out after like it always has to but uh, Dylan wasn't afraid to do that bull you you know, he's, he's a little bit afraid to do that. He's afraid to kind of leave his defensive uh, defensive um, 
position and, and kind of lay out a guy like that because chances are pretty good he can't get back into position quick enough uh, where Dylan is. He, he's quick enough and he's got uh, he's got enough clout in the league that he can get away with that kind of stuff. Uh, Boyu's a tougher, a tough character. He will, you know, he fights and he, you know, he gives you the stick and he's tough in front of the net, but he doesn't give you that open ice, hard hitting presence like Dylan does. Uh, and boy, I hope his name is Dylan. <laughs> Again, I'm not looking at rosters. I'm not looking at anything. I hope his name is Dylan. Uh, I've only watched about three games this year. So, uh, and I've just noticed him. He's really, he's really good. I think he's wearing number five. Uh, but the rest of their defense just isn't tough at all. Uh, you know, DeMello. I mean, to be a defenseman in the NHL, you have to play tough. Uh, you have to be tough and strong in front of your net. You have to be You have to be strong with your stick along the boards to retrieve pucks and get the puck away from guys. And a lot of people do the little bummy checks off the boards and try to cycle off the boards. So you have to be strong and tough to be a defenseman in the NHL. It, it's you. You understand that. But it's the kind of toughness I'm talking about, like a, a Stewart and a Bufflin and a and a Sherratt used to bring, uh, just an overall 100% toughness, and that's kind of what he brings. But the rest of them don't. Like Josh Morris, he's a bit, you know, he's a pussycat. Uh, DeMello, pussycat. Schmidt, pussycat. Uh, Beaulieu, he's a tough customer, but when it comes to the overall game, bit of a pussycat. So... You know, the Jets is to Logan Stanley, too. Logan Stanley's a huge guy. He should be completely fucking annihilating guys. But again, he's tall, he's lanky, he's not quick enough to uh, make those nice hits and get back in a position. So he's really, he's really strong on the ice when it comes along the boards and in front of the net. But he doesn't bring that physical, buffling kind of presence. Um, and again, he'll get into the odd fight here and there to have that... Uh, you know, to make that have that perception of, oh, this is a tough guy. You don't want to drop the gloves with Stanley. Well, Logan Stanley, Logan Stanley got into a handful of fights in the AHL over three years, and uh, in the NHL, I think he's gotten into two or three in the last year and a half. So, you know, Logan Stanley's not exactly a world beater when it comes to that stuff. But you know, there's this perception of him, right? He's a big, tall guy. He's a big guy, and he gets into the odd fight. He gets into a fight once every twenty games. So there's this perception that he's a tough guy, but he's not. So, yeah, they need work on their defense, and you need to draft better. Uh, the GM of the Jets has to draft better when it comes to defense. you gotta, you got to draft guys that are going to be like a, like a Dylan, like a, uh, like a Sherratt, like a Bufflin, like a Stewart. You know, you need those guys. You need, you need at least three. You need three of those guys in your lineup. Every single defensive pairing you send out there, there should be a hesitancy from the other team coming in your own end. So, anyway, I went off too long on the defense. You know, they look okay, but what's the deal? You got Shifley, and uh, isn't it funny that Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are like two peas in a pod? They're always together. Uh, somebody hacks uh, Shifley in a practice. Here comes Blake Wheeler fighting Ben Sherratt in a practice because Ben Sherratt got Shifley in his, you know, got his, got, his, got his tits all messed up and got his panties all in a bunch. And, you know, there he, there goes Wheeler having a fight Sherratt in a practice because, you know, Shifley had a problem. These guys, these guys are a bit of an issue, these two guys. Uh, they're definitely a, a, an issue. Um, they're two in the same. They're, they, they seem to be best friends uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Shifley, I think, is quite a bit younger than Wheeler. I'm not sure why they're best buddies. But it's no fucking, uh, it's no surprise. 
that the only two guys that got COVID on the team was first Blake Wheeler and then obviously Mark Shifley right after, about three, four days later. Shifley had it. So Shifley's still gone. Wheeler just showed up again after uh, playing only one game. He showed up uh, in that San Jose game. And it's just, it's just, it's so weird that, it's so weird that the games that Shifley, Wheeler, um, I believe Shifley and Wheeler have never, haven't played a game together this year because Shifley had to miss the first game of the year due to a suspension. And then uh, when Shifley played the second game, Wheeler was gone with COVID. And then Shifley was gone with COVID. And um, then Wheeler came back and Shifley still going with COVID. So they haven't played together this year. But when when either one of them are in the lineup, the Jets lose hockey games. And that's completely bizarre because Shifley is a good player. Uh, I don't see him playing out his career in Winnipeg. And Wheeler's still on this long-term uh, $7, 8000000 million contract. Uh, again, I don't know how that's going to play out. I think the Jets are eventually going to have to buy out Blake Wheeler. Uh, you absolutely cannot. Wheeler's going to drop down in the lineup. He's eventually going to be the second-line player. Uh, next year, you'll probably see him drop down to a third-line role. And then the next year, you'll see him drop down to a fourth-line role. And at that point, he's still going to have two or three years left on his contract. He might last one more year in and out of the lineup on a fourth-line basis. And eventually, the last two years of his contract are going to be bought out. It's just the way it's it's going to happen for him. I think uh, everybody knew that going into that contract, uh, that that's the way it was going to end for him. Uh, and Shifley, Shifley should be a Jet for the rest of his career, but there's something wrong there. There's something that does not feel right there. I'm going to have another drink. There's just something that doesn't seem right there with Shifley. Um, there was rumors a year ago that he asked to be traded. Uh, no idea why. He signed a bad contract. He signed a contract that does not pay him very much. I don't know how much it is. Four and a half, five and a half million he signed. And he signed for like eight years. And of course, he's playing like a $9 million player, $8 million player. But, you know, that's his problem. The team bet on you and you did well. So what were you expecting? Nobody goes out there, you know, saying, I'm only going to get 50, 60 points because that's what $5 million players do. Uh, you're always going to go out there and try your best. So I'm not sure what he was thinking. Um, if Shifley thought he had the potential to be a 90-100 point guy, then why did he why did he accept a contract that's paying him five and a half million dollars or four and a half? Again, I don't fact check shit. I just know he's kind of an under he's an under he's overachieving on his contract. So he's you know he's an undervalued player. I don't know. That's your own problem. Like if you sign a contract for one and a half million dollars and you score 30 goals in next year, well, I don't know what to tell you. If you knew you had 30 goals in you, why'd you sign for one and a half million bucks? Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. So anyway, again, I think the Jets have done as well as they can this year. Um, they lost to teams they shouldn't have lost. Uh, when you think about it, this team should be, uh, I don't know, 5-1, and 6-1, and one, whatever the record should be. Uh, they lost to some teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're losing to Anaheim. They're losing to San Jose. Uh, they're losing to these teams they shouldn't be losing to. Um you got to win those games because eventually you're going to play really tough teams in your division and in your conference. And those are games that are tough to win. So um, I think the Jets are pretty much exactly where we thought they were. Uh, by the time we do the next podcast, we're really going to know where they're headed. Uh, we're going to know if they're headed down or they're headed up. 
hopefully by then uh, these two best buddies are <laughs> these two best buddies are back uh, from their COVID spell. Uh, I kind of implemented it on Twitter. Uh, I've kind of know through the grapevine that Wheeler is a bit of a, a, a not a party guy, but he likes to go out. And it doesn't surprise me that Wheeler ended up with COVID. And, uh, of course, his uh, best buddy, walking mate, uh, follower, uh, Mark Shifley, would get it too because where Blake Wheeler's going, Mark Shifley's going. So I think these two guys were probably uh, burning the candle on both sides. And, uh, you know, they ended up paying for it. They ended up paying for it. And these guys are fighting. They don't want to sit out of the lineup, but they have to. Until that test reads negative, they can't get back into that lineup. It's just the way it is. So we'll leave the Jets at that. There's not really much to discuss with them. Um, there's not much to discuss with them other than uh, I think they're doing exactly what we thought they would do. Uh, winning a few, losing a few. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to quickly tell this Nickelback story because I want to tell you the story about my knee or what's happening with my knee. So a long, long time ago. Oh, sorry, got to stretch. Okay, we had a state. We I don't know if there's. I don't listen to terrestrial radio anymore, so I don't know what we have. But we used to have a station here in Winnipeg called Power ninety seven, and Power ninety seven had a radio producer that really believed in local music and kind of underground music. And at that time, Nickelback was an underground band. They were just really. They were just showing up to. Um, red river community college they were playing the pyramid they were playing just random bars and they were handing out tapes at these bars so this producer i cannot remember his name he was one of these producers that would actually come on and uh do a radio show when a host was gone or called in sick and he would have little segments on the radio so he wasn't one of these hidden producers behind the scenes that you didn't know about he was out he was out everybody knew him he was a character uh, Power 97 was amazing back in those days. They had great DJs. Uh, they had great producers. They had great characters. It was really like, it wasn't as vulgar, but it was a really, uh, uh, it was really like the Howard Stern show. On every single show, it was just tremendous. Uh, their morning show was uh, one of the best in Canada, one of the highest rated in Canada. Uh, and you know. Uh, from the morning show on it, it was just bits and and you know the guy who did the sports commentary would come on and talk a little bit like everybody was kind of a character everybody was part of the show and this producer was no different so i guess this producer he would go uh to these bars and he would pick up this music and what he thought was good enough for radio he would he would put it on the radio so you would hear these local musicians. I still have some of them on my old iPod because I would download them. And I can't, again, it's just so long ago. I'm 23, 24 years old at the time. This is 20 years ago. Um, I can't recall the names, but they were great bands. They were great bands. And one of them was Nickelback. And they would play this band Nickelback. And it was from, their first album just had a nickel on it. It was just a nickel, um, and I can't remember what the hell it was called. I have it in my old CD cases. I could probably look for it, but it was it was just it was just an album. They went to they went to an, a, a a studio. They got them made themselves. No, they weren't signed. So anyway, this this producer played had them played constantly. They were playing constantly out of all these local bands. 
Um, out of all these bands that would come from around Canada, Nickelback was probably being played the most out of all of them. And, and they were being played quite a bit. Like, we're talking a radio station that would play Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, uh, Tool. Like, they would play all the music you would expect a rock station to play, but they were they would incorporate Canadian music into it. So they would try to make it not so much the ones you would think. Like, there was a lot of Tragically Hip, but it wouldn't be a lot of uh backman turner overdrive and and the stuff you would think you would they would play as the canadian content they would play actual unsigned bands but the music was great and this nickelback would come on i'd be like holy fuck this band is really fucking good and they'd be playing the pyramid i'd go watch them at the pyramid i'd go watch them at um uh, there would be the Power 97 used to have this uh, rock, rock, rock ball concert at the old Winnipeg Arena, and it would just be these bands, these local bands they would play on the radio. And of course, 10,000 people would show up because you knew them, you knew who the bands were. They were they were great, even though they weren't signed and you didn't see them on much music and shit like that. You knew these bands, so nickelback would be playing this shit they used to have a, a host at night dick rivers and dick rivers nickelback used to sleep at their at his at his apartment in saint fatel shitty old saint fatel on saint mary's avenue those shitty apartments you see when you're driving down saint mary's the whole band would be sleeping in his living room they'd have nowhere to sleep nowhere to go nowhere to go they would tell the stories because when the band became big they would come into the studio and talk to dick rivers and Dick Rivers would be like, holy shit, you guys are put up in these hotels now and you got these flights and huge band and holy shit. And it was it was crazy. It was like reminiscing, right? And they would say, man, we remember using we, we remember handing out uh, a hat for money, for gas, for their old van. They would have an old van, pack all their equipment in there, pack all the guys in there. And they would just drive from town to town to town to town just playing bars. And they didn't even have money for gas. They have no money. So they would stay at, you know, DJ's houses. So anyway, I'm not sure if they stayed at other DJ's houses, but they stayed at Dick Rivers' house. So this was kind of how I knew of this band. And they were playing uh, Red River Community College in the summer. My friend Berman, my friend uh, Berman was supposed to come with me. He didn't come with me. Uh, he's like, ah, fuck. He's like, I don't want to, I'm not going to Red River to see some shit band. Like, fuck, man, it's Nickelback. They play them on the radio all the time. Ah, he's in a rage against the machine and all this shit. You know, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I'm going to go. I'm going to go by myself then. So anyway, and it wasn't summer. It was like early fall because the kids were coming back to school. So they'd have to, they'd have these little rager things in the school, you know, to get the kids all pumped up. They're back in school. So anyway, I'm at a moose game. And I'm not lying, beside me, it was the old Winnipeg Arena. And if anybody's been in the old Winnipeg Arena, when you walk up the little ramps to come into the building, when you would walk up the three little steps, there would be three little steps, and then you would walk up the steps to go to the seats. So there would be concrete, almost like concrete little dividers where the ramp would come up concrete, and then cutting across where those three steps would come, there'd be another concrete little ledge. So there was always three seats behind that concrete ledge. Then there'd be three seats behind it. Then it would go to four seats and then it would be a full row because the ramp would be done. I would sit in the first three seats as you came up the ramp, turn left, my seats were right there. Beautiful. You had leg room, nobody in front of you. You could put your drink on top of the concrete ledge. It was beautiful seats. 
So I only had one because I was a big loser. I went to everything by myself. So I, I'm at this, uh, I, I'm at, I don't know, this, it's already been a year in. And there'd be these, this guy, he would come sit beside me. Sometimes he'd bring another business guy with him. Sometimes he'd bring his daughter. Um, but most of the time, it would always be different people. Just different people, different people, always different people. And then nobody. And then different people. And then there'd be nobody for two, three games. And again, my friend Berman, who I was telling you about, he would come down with his uh, ex-fiance. He never married this girl. But anyway, he would always come down and sit with me. Because when he would come to a moose game on a Friday or a Saturday, uh, he'd wait the first period. And if nobody was sitting beside me, he'd come and sit beside me. And then sometimes people would show up in the third period and he'd have to move again. But it was just really bizarre. So finally, I think it was a year and a half in of this bizarre, this bizarreness. But I noticed there was one guy beside me. He was, I want to say maybe 10 times he had shown up at that point out of two seasons. And I kind of said to him, I, I, I. I think he was trying to talk to me at the time and he's like, oh, so you sit here all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I go, well, what about you? Like I always, there's always different people, but sometimes I see you and a lot of times there's nobody. And then sometimes somebody shows up in the second or the third. I said, it's really kind of bizarre. He goes, oh no, these are my seats. He goes, I'm, uh, uh, I'm one of the head guys here in Canada, like the CEO for Warner brothers, the music division. I said, Warner brothers, the music division is head up in Winnipeg. He's like, oh yeah. He goes, this is a great location for, for bands. It's it's central. He said, all the bands from the East Coast cut through Winnipeg. All the bands from the West Coast cut through Winnipeg. Uh, he said, this is like a major stop for these bands. So this is, you know, we recruit bands and lots of stuff like that. I was like, oh wow. So anyway, I had this had already happened before any of this Nickelback stuff happened. There it was already on its way. Uh, to like this is a pretty good band so I remember sitting beside him once and I was like you know what I said there's this really good band their name is Nickelback so this is the the head of Warner Brothers and the head of Warner Brothers Warner Brothers out of Canada was called Road Runner Records Road Runner Records I don't think they exist anymore but back in the day Road Runner Records was the tragically hip um, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, it eventually became Nickelback as well uh, who knows? I Mother Earth. All these bands, Road Rocker, Road Road Runner Records, had the little Road Runner on there, like from uh, from Bugs Bunny. So I was like, "This is." And I think Warner Brothers, Road Runner Records, was the music division out of Warner Brothers, because there was movies being made out of Winnipeg as well. But I think this guy was more into music. So I told him about this this wicked band. Nickelback and he's like yeah, yeah I know Nickelback I hear them I go yeah you must hear them on Power 97 they're always on there they're, they're even being interviewed on there he's like yeah yeah we've heard we've heard of them we've heard of them I go well why don't you guys sign them like it's fucking crazy they're a great man like they're a fucking great band they're not signed they're independent and they're being played on the radio I want to say at this point 10 times a day like it's crazy that you but maybe it's different elsewhere i don't know what it would have been in toronto or halifax or calgary edmonton vancouver regina i don't know what it was there but here it was like holy fuck so he's like uh he goes well I'm, i told him i said they're playing at red river like thursday afternoon i said i'm fucking going and he's like yeah he goes you know we always have guys out to these events and this and that so that's where i left it but eventually warner brothers roadrunner records the very next album they picked them up 
They picked them up off of that first independent album. Roadrunner Records, I want to say, got the best out of Nick. Well, maybe not, but they got the first three albums after that initial album they got the next three albums out of them and after that i think nickelback went on their own they were just so big they were making so much money i don't think they were signed up with any label at that point i think a label uh was making their albums and releasing it but for the most part when it came to producing and creating the album and doing all that kind of stuff they did that on their own they didn't need money from a label to do that uh, but when it came to stuff like, uh, um, you know, making the albums and releasing the albums, I think you still need a label at that point. I don't know if you need that anymore. But at that point, CDs and touring, that still was a huge deal. Uh, you need a promotion behind you for that. But um, yeah, and all of a sudden they were... So I think I had something to do with it. I, I don't know why. I feel like I, um, I brought Nickel back to the world. By telling this guy from Warner Brothers who would sit beside me randomly at a moose game that uh, you should go see these guys at Red River like you're crazy not to sign them so we would we, I think we talked about Nickelback and talked about music for the whole game because I love music and I love hearing all different kinds of things so yeah this guy was a this guy was a big deal and uh, who knows maybe he sent somebody to Red River that day and Maybe they were signed up within a week or two after that. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I never I never actually thought to ask him about it. I, I want to say I saw this guy a handful of times after that. And I want to say the last two, three years the Moose were in that building. I didn't see him at all. So the Moose played in that building for seven, eight years. And I want to say the last two years of that, I didn't see this guy at all. So he probably had dropped his tickets or maybe they had moved locations, moved offices at that point. I have no idea. But uh, I, I want to think I had something to do with Nickelback uh, uh, being the band they are today and bringing them to you. Uh, all, all the good and bad out of that. I think I had something to do with it. I'm going to go with that. I had something to do with it. All right. Let's talk about the knee situation. So we all know, we all know where the sports observer was with his knee situation uh, back in May. Uh, we went through the story. If you listen to the podcast, you know about it. If you didn't, go back listen to it. So I think when we left you, um, either I had had a recurrence of the injury or not. Uh, it was August 9th. Something was happening. I was setting some tile up. Uh, I was doing pretty good there. I was even working on my knees again. And um, I was laying some tile and I was in a shower and I, I was uh, I was doing the bottom rows and I usually do all the work on my knees from four feet down. And I was just cleaning some cement out of a joint and I just felt my knee just go pop, like just a pop sound, just pop. And I was like, oh, you fuck. I just felt it rattle like it was a different pop it wasn't like a knuckle like this you know it wasn't that it was like a deep thud like just tonk. And I was like oh no and I felt it ripple through my leg like muscles shins uh, I just felt the ripple right like a, almost like an earthquake like a tsunami it just kind of rippled right through and I was like what well, and, and it hurt but it didn't hurt too bad and I was like oh shit like fuck i was like yeah i was cleaning the cement i'm washing it i'm like i'm scared so i started getting up and i'm like ooh. i'm like my knee will not straighten out it was locked I was like oh fuck so i eventually 
with as much, you know, I, I biting my teeth, I straightened out my leg as best as I could. So I straightened it out. I, if you can imagine, this was only maybe nine in the morning. I still worked seven hours going on my knees, going up. Uh, eventually, as the day went on, my knee started to move a little bit better, but I was sweating profusely. I was soaking wet. I think if you, if you see my Facebook, which is uh, Ross Dinicola on Facebook or on Meta, the new world, the new, the new word for Facebook is Meta. Are you guys going to say that? Like, are you on Facebook? Are you on Meta? You guys want to Meta together? Sounds like a sex thing, to be honest with you, but Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so I put it on Meta. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to say it. Fuck you. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. Fuck you. Uh, I put it on Facebook. So some of you have seen it. If you want to follow me, Ross Dinicola on Facebook uh, or on Twitter at Ross Dinicola. Quick little plug there for my uh, social media uh, accounts. I put it on there and you can see on the picture I'm I'm sweating. There's drips of water coming down my face. There's sweat all over my shirt. Uh, and that was like three hours later. I think that day uh, I must have dropped five, six pounds of just liquid. Uh, I was just soaked, saturated. My body was just telling me uh, enough, like stop. What are you doing? Uh, it was just going through shock. So uh, that happened on the, uh, I think it was the 9th of August. It was a Monday. Um, the next day, surprisingly, it felt a little bit better, especially since the, the first initial time my knee kind of grinded on me and I hurt it. Uh, it took like five, six days for it to feel the way after the ninth, it felt the next day. It felt like a lot better. And then the third day I was kind of walking on it pretty good again. I just couldn't kneel. I would tell you for at least three, four weeks again, I just couldn't kneel on it at all. Uh, it was terrible. So I knew something was really wrong. Like I thought initially I had hurt myself, but it was getting better and it was getting better and getting stronger. And then this happened and it just like, it went back to zero. If I was like 70, 80% better, it went right back down to zero. I was pretty upset about it. And I was like, holy shit, what is going on? What has happened now? Like something really bad is wrong in there. So I had an MRI on the 24th of August. I had that already booked since the May incident. And I was like, okay, well, whatever's wrong, it's going to show now. So, you know, they did the MRI. Uh, they take this little cup, they put it around your knee, and they kind of clamp it. And I remember the pressure was so bad. It hurt so bad on my knee. They're like, oh, do you want us to loosen it? I'm like, if you can, if you can, yes. So uh, just right there, I was like, yeah, there's got to be something wrong with this. Like, this isn't just a regular kind of soreness or pain. So we did the MRI. And I had an appointment with uh, the guy who saw me in the clinic in May. He was a walk-in doctor. He only works at the Pan Am Sports Clinic here in Winnipeg. He only works once a week on a Friday. So I got an appointment a couple weeks after the MRI. And he basically came to me and says, yeah, you have, a, you, have, you have a torn, you have a tear in your MCL and you have a torn meniscus. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound good. So what are we going to do about it? He's like, we're going to do nothing. So you know, red heats with me too. She's there for support. I said, well, what are you talking about? You're going to do nothing. Well, he goes, you know, he goes, it seems after you have these incidents, you know, it gets better after a week. He goes, I think if we can just wait till you have incidents with it, like the popping or, or the grinding or, you know, almost like a dislocation kind of feeling, um, you know, call my office and we'll give you an injection. 
I'm like, so I just have to live with this for the rest of my life. Like it was really depressing. And I was like, I, he's like, yeah. And eventually you're going to need a knee replacement. It's like, holy fuck. Like I, f- I felt like, oh, sh- I just, I may as well just kill myself at this point. I, what am I supposed to do? Like I've put over 25 years into this career, you know, things are going okay for me. They're not great, but they're okay. It's a living. And now what? I'm going to go have to work at fucking Superstore or what? What am I, what am I going to be? A security guard working for pennies an hour? Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? You know, and he's like, well, you can still do your job for a little bit, but you just have to change the way you work and this and that. You know, lose weight, all the same doctor bullshit that everybody tells you to do. So I felt like I really, I felt really depressed. I, I, I was like, well there's nothing they can do about this like what the hell's going on like this just seems really weird it seems weird that other people have things that help them and i'm always told you know fuck you just live with it so it was pretty depressing and i know red heat was like well i don't want to say this too loud but red heat's like oh fuck my meal ticket's kind of fucking out the door here like what's going on I kind of felt like, well, she's going to have to go look for a new husband now. Because, you know, what 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 woman wants to be married to a guy in his mid-40s that's fucking done? That's, that's done. Like, holy fuck. And workers' comp was even telling me, well, we're not sure if it was a workplace incident. I, I just felt completely fucking abandoned and lost, right? I was done. Um... So I remember calling workers' comp and saying, this is what he said. And this is this, is this, this is that. I said... I said, I don't know what options I'm left with. I said, I may as well just go fucking jump off a building at this point. Like, I, I can't live with on one leg. Just, this is unacceptable. Like, yeah, some days I'm walking pretty good. And some days I'm walking pretty good, but it's hurting pretty fucking bad. So I said, this just doesn't seem right. And it's showing there's something wrong in there and nobody wants to do anything. So... The girl at workers' comp was really awesome. Uh, you know, who knows? They might be listening to these things, right? So I don't want to name any names. But she was really awesome. She was, you know, like let's let's just let's just wait this out. Let's just see what's going on. You know, you're still covered for physiotherapy under workers' comp. Just keep going, keep doing what you're doing, and let's just play this thing out. Let's see what's happening. So I get a phone call from her. Oh, I want to say, and actually I, I, I tried to get a second opinion. Uh, I wanted to go see my doctor at Pan Am, my other, my actual sports physician at Pan Am, Dr. Lukey. I had an appointment with him on November 10th, right before my birthday, November 10th, which would be coming up in another 10 days. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, the second opinion I'm looking for, it's not for two months yet. It takes a long time to get into these doctors. So I think she phoned me. And she said, you know, our doctor here is saying, you know, this is completely on us. This is a workplace incident. Um, We will cover you for time lost now because it's showing now you have a tear. Before this walk-in doctor, this guy that told me there's nothing we can do and initially didn't even arrange an MRI. It was the hospital in Gimli when I got initially injured, arranged the MRI. This doctor at workers' comp said, yeah, you're, you know, whatever time lost you've had over the last three months, give us the list of the time lost, we'll pay you. And uh, our doctor says you need surgery. I was like, well, I don't know. This doctor says I can't have surgery. He says it's inoperable. And she's like, well, she goes, when are you going for your second uh, opinion with Dr. Luke? I said, well, it's November 10th. Like, it's a while from now. It's still a couple months away. She goes, well, 
she goes call again and and use this number so of course i call again i use this number or whatever she told me to do i get an appointment with him like in 10 days it's like 10 days now i'm like oh okay this works and the people at pan am said oh we didn't know you came here originally for the injury uh we're seeing it now i guess the girl didn't know that at the time you were asking for a second opinion we thought it was a new issue blah 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 so i get to see him in 10 days so or seven days whatever it was it was sooner so i show up to his office and he's like yeah you, he was you need fucking surgery he didn't say fucking obviously uh, he goes you need surgery for christ's sakes like he didn't say christ's sakes either i'm just going to talk like i was the doctor he goes geez like fuck you need surgery man he goes you gotta your fucking meniscus is fucking torn in half it's bending the wrong way that's why your knee's locking on you and snapping on you he goes your fucking mcl is torn he goes, who, he goes, who is this guy? Who was this guy that you were talking to? I go, well, it's Dr. Yada Yada. I go, he works in your clinic uh, on Fridays in the walk-in. He's looking, he's like, he's like, yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to fucking, we're going to have to review this shit. He goes, what is going on? So he goes, in May, you hurt yourself. There's no MRI on the record other than I have to go to Selkirk because Gimli authorized it. So the MRI is in Selkirk. He goes, this is totally ridiculous. It's completely missed. And he's like, and then he didn't recommend to see a surgeon? I go, no, he said it's inoperable. He's like, oh, he goes, are you fucking, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, we do this surgery like 10 times a day. Like, it's completely ridiculous. Of course, he didn't swear or anything. But he's just, this is ridiculous. He just goes, he goes, I'll, I'll arrange it. So I basically get a call from the surgeon's office two hours later. He just looked at me. He goes, you need this. You, you needed surgery done like two months ago. He goes, this is completely ridiculous that you wouldn't get surgery. He goes, you're not going to have a knee left if you keep walking on this. <coughs> so I was actually very thankful. I was thankful that workers comp was taking full blame for the, not blame for the injury, but taking responsibility uh, under insurance for the injury. Um, they were going to be responsible for everything, the surgery, everything, all, all the stuff, physio. So they're taking care of absolutely everything. So I'm very thankful for that. It went from a real dire situation to all of a sudden being a very, still not positive. It's, we're not out of the woods. Uh, we're not feeling good at this point, but uh, I'm sure hoping that things get better, um, with the surgery. So at the end of the day, yeah, I'm having surgery. Um, the doctor, the surgeon's office, uh, phoned, um, the surgeon's office phoned about, um, yeah, like the next, the next day. It was the very next day. Uh, they phoned less than 24 hours later, if you can believe it. Uh, listen, it, it's been said with our healthcare system, <coughs> it takes forever to do surgeries. It takes forever. But when you really need it, um, when you really, really need it, you get it done right away. It, it there's no mistake. So I got the phone call uh, from the surgeon 24 hours later, his, sec his receptionist, his assistant, and we made that appointment for about, uh, I want to say it was two weeks, maybe two weeks, maybe less, <clears throat> definitely not more than two weeks. I saw the surgeon, uh, he looked at the MRI, he looked at me, he's just like, he goes, I, he goes, I, he goes do you want to have the surgery? He goes, I really have nothing else to say other than that. He just kind of told me the process, uh, what it was going to take to recover, what, it, what he needed from me. And, um, it was good. We, we booked the surgery, um, again, 24 hours after that meeting with the surgeon, I got the surgery date. So it's in another, 
Oh, it's in another 19 days. So 19 days. Um, <coughs> pardon me. In 19 days, we're having the surgery. We're going to get uh, our meniscus taken care of. We're going to get our MCL repaired. And it's going to be a long recovery. But it has to be done. It has to be done. Um, I could definitely live okay with this if I was... Uh, fuck i don't know project manager if i was a podcaster if i was uh i don't know shit uh, i'm gonna go you know dr chris chiropractor i'm pretty sure well no, i'll be honest with you chiropractors might be hard because those guys got to put a lot of stress on their joints to kind of uh, fucking adjust people and give it to them but hey dr brad optometrist i think you can you know you can do optometry with this shit right it's sore it's sore to walk on but you know you do sit and you're not doing a laborious job you weren't doing a laborious job you could you could probably get away with not having this surgery for four or five years until it just became unbearable or you could wait your time but you know and me too i was doing a lot of standing up work tub surrounds back splashes but boy getting my feet in and out of tubs and walking downstairs and walking upstairs it was it was it's becoming a lot it's becoming very painful um, if I can walk all on one floor, this job in Gimli I'm doing is, is a real beauty job for this to happen. It's unfortunate that it happened there, but it's fortunate that this job was backsplashes and there's like 10, 20 units on each floor. So you're never going upstairs. You're just walking up the stairs once. You're walking on flat floor the whole time. Um, I'm very fortunate. It's backsplashes. It's standing. Um, I stand for a half an hour. I sit for 10 minutes. I do whatever I can. Um, so I'm really fortunate in that case. Uh, if I had jobs that involved kneeling or floor tile jobs, it's, it's a no-go. Can't do it. So uh, unfortunately for me, I have to do this surgery. I have to try to get back uh, to being able to work on my knees. Uh, I would tell you the size of jobs on my knees are going to decrease for the rest of my life. I'll never be able to do the bigger ones. But um, I have the kind of job where one to three hours a day you have to be on your knees. And if you can't, then you're fucked. You're, you're done. So I may as well have the surgery and, 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 and try to figure this thing out. It's going to be a, a good amount of time for recovery. Uh, I'm not sure how long. Uh, they think it could be anywhere from two months to possibly 10 months. They just, they just, they don't know, especially for my kind of work. Um, it's probably going to be on the longer end of recovery. Uh, again, if I was, you know, a smarter person and I could be a doctor or I was a project manager or a receptionist or somebody working in an office, um, you'd be back at work probably within six weeks, four weeks. But unfortunately, it's not what I do. It's not what we do. And uh, you don't hurt yourself like this at work unless you're doing one of those jobs that it's going to be a long recovery to get over unfortunately i don't know a lot of uh doctors that tear their meniscuses at work or who knows you know receptionists i don't know a lot of them that do that kind of stuff at work unfortunately uh maybe if you're shoveling snow or something but uh not doing those kind of light labor jobs so anyway that is it for the surgery um i don't think i'm going to have another podcast I don't think I don't think I will have another podcast um, before my surgery. So unfortunately, I will tell you it's probably going to be another six weeks before you hear another podcast. Maybe eight weeks. Uh, unfortunately, I, I might. You know what? I, I'm going to try to do 
another podcast before my surgery um, because I am kind of off right now. I do have time uh, other than kids' obligation stuff, but on the days where I can, I'm going to do a podcast. Uh, but when I do have the surgery, uh, I won't be able to come down the stairs to get onto this computer for at least two weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. So uh, podcasts are going to be pretty rare, but hey, I, I'm going to be able to bring you more podcasts in the next uh, three to four months because I'm going to be at home and off. So as soon as I'm able to walk again, I should be able to bring you um, the podcast a little more frequently and hopefully we'll be able to hit one more, uh, get one more to you before the surgery. But if you know by the 19th, there's no podcast coming out, uh, you're up shit's Creek. We're not uh, doing any more. Okay. Let's do a quick Twitter trends to end the show. Hey, this show is, uh, this show is, uh, this show is already well over an hour, but Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Everybody was complaining before. Everybody was complaining that, the podcasts were too long but when you only do a podcast once every on average once every three four months now who cares if it's an hour or two hours you're getting your money's worth you're not paying any fucking money at all okay this is going to pretty much tell you the things i kind of look at on twitter and and follow in general life because uh, a lot of it has to do with wrestling sorry to say uh we'll talk about wrestling on the podcast too sometime i know none of you are interested in it but i love wrestling i love aew it's a brand new promotion it's only about two two years old uh but it's a great promotion i absolutely love it uh, it's fantastic uh great wrestlers great storylines it's like a guy soap opera i absolutely love it uh we might get into it more uh one day um but who knows so anyway, Twitter trends. What is trending on Twitter? And I will remind you, this is the for you section. Or should I just go to general trending? I don't want to go to general. Let's go to for you so you can know how fucked up I am when you see like girls in panties trending. Um, John Moxley is trending. Well, John Moxley, I know, is releasing a book. So I think it has something to do with that. John Moxley is a wrestler in AEW. Uh, let's see the book of boba fett that is trending i don't look i don't do much star wars on twitter so i don't know why that is showing me as a trend um the boba fett couldn't care less about the bow unless it's about a skywalker don't talk to me about it uh little mix sets the record straight little mix must be a rapper i'm guessing i don't know so that's a possibility we might click on that but i highly doubt it Mariah Carey declares Halloween officially over, says it's time for Christmas. Mariah Carey is the official Christmas person now. She is the face of Christmas. Um, I don't know who the face of Christmas was in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. We know the movies. We know the cartoons. Uh, we know the generic Christmas songs. But Mariah Carey has really turned her career into pop princess, pop queen, and really turned herself into Miss Christmas. That's what she's known for now. She is Christmas. Uh, she's turned those... Uh, mariah carey singing at rockefeller square on nbc's like christmas lighting shit she's turned that into like uh, a, a fifty hundred thousand dollar gig into like you better pay me a million bucks to sing christmas songs on your show because i miss christmas she's turned herself into christmas i don't need to click on that we know what that's about uh mariah carey mariah carey uh wants to get rid of halloween obviously on november 1st so it's officially her time uh it's mariah carey time people derrick henry 
Uh, Derek Henry, um, I don't know. I'm guessing he's a player in the NFL. It's a Monday. He must have done something pretty good. Um, I'm not interested in that. I would have known if an NFL player killed somebody or something, then it would have been more interesting. Uh, Robin, just Robin. That's all that's, I might have to click on that one. I'm not clicking on, uh, Derek Henry. Uh, little mix can go fuck himself or herself. I don't know who that is. Uh, Robin has me interested here. 40,000 tweets about a Robin. So I don't know if that's a name or the bird confused. Hmm inside the alaskan town at the forefront of the climate crisis i'm gonna whisper this between me and you i i couldn't fucking care about the climate i'll be honest with you i'll fucking throw plastic away um uh yeah i'll throw plastic bottles in the sewer I, i'm not i'm not it's just shh, don't tell anybody um let's see this is really weird because it's a bunch of uh, just letters. I'm guessing it's Arm, Army Select Selecta Day, Army Select Day maybe. Two hundred and thirty. I might have to click on that. Two hundred and thirty thousand tweets about Army Selecta Day. What the fuck is that? Ninety day fiance the other way. I I don't want to know. Uh, is that guys marrying guys is that girls with dicks marrying girls with vaginas 90 day fiance the other way i fuck i don't want to know i don't want to know um michael <laughs> is trending twenty four thousand treats michael this has something to do with robin i have a feeling robin and michael are probably trending together they might be a couple maybe um Superman, I I don't know, Robin and Michael. Uh, whatever. Kim Kardashian, we might have to click on both of those. I think they have something to do with... Don't you love this segment? We're trying to figure out what the hell this is. This is how confusing the world is. How, uh, how a hashtag Robin and a hashtag Michael are trending to that extent is fucking beyond me. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson were spotted holding hands. Listen, Kim Kardashian just, she's a fucking nightmare. I, if you're banging Kim Kardashian, you might have to put it in her asshole. I, I'm just saying, I don't want to be rude, but I'm just saying at this point, you might have to put it in her back end because her front end is not tight anymore, guys. I'm sorry. You're going to have to be it's no nut no it's no nut november that means guys aren't supposed to have sex they're not supposed to masturbate you're not supposed to ejaculate at all no nut november is a non-ejaculating month for men uh don't count me in on that i'll tell you that right now but i'm telling you pete davidson the only time you're going to ejaculate into kim kardashian is if you complete no nut november and on december 1st it will work but any other time it's probably in the back end that's the tightest spot on kim kardashian because even her mouth can't be that tight she talks a lot <sighs> in indy versus nz this is cricket or something is it india against new zealand maybe it's cricket i don't care Two hundred and fifty thousand tweets about it 
couldn't fucking care less guys that's it that's all that's in twitters that's all that's in twitter trending i was hoping to have no nut november um in the i bet you if i refresh this no nut november will show up i love the concept of no nut november but that ain't happening and god help us if women come up with something like fucking like this god help all of us men for some reason you guys think this is funny coming up with this but what's going to happen when girls come up with no vagina april or no fucky july you know what's going to happen you don't get to fucking july because a bunch of women are going to catch on to this and they're going to say well if a guy does it why can't we do it all this stupid shit so what are you guys thinking you're fucking it up for everybody assholes okay let's look up robin what should we look yeah i'm gonna look up robin let's click on robin let's see if this is anything i'm guessing this is gonna be fucking nothing <coughs> first tweet i'm where's robin and beast boy just two fucking asians happy halloween from raven and robin that's just two random people starfire looking for my robin you know what this robin is some sort of anime starfire robin yeah robin people are dressing up like robin and this is a robin there's a a dc comic called starfire and the smoking hot chick is called robin so people are dressing up like robin from starfire we got some rest in peace robin williams maybe it's the anniversary of robin williams death Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich is a real person. Isn't that Robin from... Yeah, people are dressing up like Robin from this cartoon. And they're dressing up like Robin from Superman. And rest in peace, Robin Williams. So this must be the anniversary of Robin Williams' death, possibly. So that's it. That's what it is. Makes kind of sense. It's not that stupid, actually. So uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not that stupid. It makes sense. It's for Robin Williams. God bless Robin Williams. We love him. Uh, rest in peace. And it's a bunch of hot chicks dressed up in cosplay like this Robin girl from this cartoon. I'm fucking all about that. I'm about that shit, you guys. Sorry for all the swearing today. All right, Twitter trends is down. What are we left with? We're we're in an hour and twenty minutes. Enjoy, you know what, guys? Enjoy this podcast. Listen to it. If it takes you a month to listen to this hour and a half podcast, that's fine because you're not going to get another one for a while. <clears throat> I go into every podcast so worried about I have nothing to say, but it ends up being an hour to two hours every single time. I got lots to say. I'm just nervous about it. I'm nervous you guys won't like it. Nobody's clamoring for the podcast anymore. But maybe you like this one. I don't know. Anyway, that's it for podcast number 81. I think we said 81 at the beginning, right? So that's it for podcast number 81. Hope to be back with you before the 19th of November, before my surgery. I'm hoping. Uh, wish me luck. Um, if you know me, call me on the 20th. Call me on the 21st. I'll be sitting in a chair with my leg up with some ice on it. Um, this is going to be a hard recovery. We need a lot of positivity. Um, I do, man. I'm 45. I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 45 in 11 days. <clears throat> and uh, happy birthday to Dr. Chris, too. 
45 in 13 days. November 11th, November 13th for Dr. Chris. Wish him a happy birthday. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be hard recovery, man. Uh, listen, I've got to work... I've got to work 15 more years um, on my knees. Maybe not as hard as I did for the first 25, 26, 27 years uh, of my career, but I, I got to work. I still got to work on my knees and I'm going to need this. I'm going to need things to work out. If things don't work out, I really don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, it's, it's tough. We all hit these crossroads in our careers. Um, some more than others. Uh, some people's careers are, are pretty much settled in. Nothing's going to happen to you. Um, you're pretty good. But then there's some people out there that, you know, work their whole lives in something. And, and then something devastating happens and, and you don't know what to do. Or you're told you can't do that anymore. And, and it's all you know. It's all you, it's all you knew what to do. And it, it's, it's, it's tough. So uh, let's, let's think positively. Uh, let's put out some positive vibes. Uh, let's do some praying. Let's do some uh, hoping and wishing. Throw quarters into the fountains. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, let's get the sports observer back up and running. Um, a lot of people tell me, "Oh, hey, oh boy, do you ever think you'll play hockey again?" Ah, oh, fuck, man. I don't. It's not about playing hockey again, man. It's about making money to feed the family and uh, and 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 be okay. Uh, hey, live the same lifestyle you've lived now. You've worked hard. You've worked hard to live this lifestyle. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard when somebody tells you that might be taken away, but uh, I was given a, a, a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of light. And, and after the 19th, it's all on me. Uh, it's all on me to make it happen. So, uh, yeah. Hey, if you know the sports observer, uh, throw me some text, throw me some call. UFC Lee is coming to visit the sports observer on the weekend of the 24th. Uh, he's coming to spend some time with me. Uh, Red Heat is leaving for four days or something with uh, Sophia. <clears throat> She's leaving. She's leaving me. <laughs> Not like that, but uh, so I guess Sophia has a hockey tournament, and uh, Jadan will be following her like a like a little lost puppy, like she always does, um, following her the the next weekend. So it's it's the weekend after I have my surgery. So yeah, UFC Lee's coming over. Uh, he's going to hang out with the Sports Observer for a little bit, uh, keep me company. And yeah, hey, if you know my number, if you know me, shoot me some texts on Twitter, DM me, uh, keep me some company. Uh, for the first two, three weeks, uh, I'm going to be pretty much down and out. Uh, I'm not going to have a lot to do. Um, I'm only going to be left with my thoughts, unfortunately. So uh, that, that could get pretty dark sometimes, uh, especially as you get older, uh, as things get more grim it gets tougher it gets tougher and tougher and tougher so yeah anyway you know what to do so anyway that's it for the sports observer today i hope you enjoyed it um hope i keep you company here for the last hour and a half that's about it i'm kind of i'm at a loss for words i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to keep you guys with me here because i'm so goddamn lonely i'm so lonely i'm so lonely all the time i have no friends i have nobody left I have no friends left. All I have is my three miserable children and my wife, who's miserable most of the time. So that's all I'm left with. Yeah. 
yesterday at, at, after Halloween, I went, I'll just end it on this. I went to my parents' house after because I was waiting. Sophia was trick-or-treating with some friends. I was waiting for her to be finished. Uh, then my sister and my brother-in-law show up at the house too. And, you know, they're just whatever having some drinks this and that so my mom's like well why don't you come stay here you know if Ann's not going to be around very much uh just stay with us and my dad's like i don't think so <laughs> even at my worst moments he's like fuck that he's like get out of here he goes no chance he goes you you go to his house if you want to you go to his house he's not coming here get out of here <laughs> What an asshole, eh? Jesus Christ. You know what? It doesn't matter what happens. He's he's just he's just generally a prick most of the time. It is yeah. Uh, and then my kids wonder why I'm such an asshole. You do what you see, right? So anyway, I'm gonna try to close out this podcast again. An hour and a half podcast. Enjoy it. You get what you get and you don't complain, as my mother says. And um yeah, we will talk to you. I'm really hoping one more time before my surgery. Uh, we'll just shoot the shit real quick, and um, and then that will be it for a while. But uh, we'll, we'll come back at you after, once I'm up and running again. So anyway, I'm Ross, the Sports Observer. Happy Halloween. Happy Remembrance Day. Think about the veterans. Put on a poppy. Give somebody a loony. Get a poppy. Put it on. Don't be an idiot. And, um, yeah, happy American Thanksgiving, too. That's coming up. And uh, if I don't talk to you before then, Merry Christmas. I'm Ross, the Sports Observer. We'll talk to you, and we'll talk to you again. Ciao.